What's up, family? You know what time it is. I'm Javon. I'm Jasmine. I'm Jace. Welcome to Let Me Get My Headphones podcast. Listeners, you're going to want to get your headphones for this. Before we get into that, and before we get into the rest, bring in the swords for it. Okay, so last time on Let Me Get My Headphones, me and the guys, we continued our fantasy league matchups, and we also discussed hip-hop's newest breakup, the tragedy of Migos separating, Um, you know, but such is life. It was also a family affair in West. It was also a family affair in Westeros this week, as it always is every week. Um, and we dissected the newest episode of the House of the Dragon, which we of course will do again this episode. Um, but you know, last episode we had Jay so graciously acting as uh, the in-house maester with our with the lore for the Game of Thrones um, world. But we also um, it was my episode, so um, we played a little game of tag yourself, and I kept it light with a few rounds of some themed rapid-fire questions to really put our creativity to the test. So if you are interested in that, you already know where to find that episode. But it is time for the big three. So at number one, we got Toronto, Ontario, <laughs> Drake, Aubrey. What's going on, bro? Literally, what's up? <laughs> we have Washington, D.C. at number two, Familiar oh, City. And then we have Spring, Texas coming in at number three. Thank y'all so much. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your patronage. (laughs) Okay. Before I go, though, make sure y'all visit us at LetMeGetMyHeadphones.com and on social media at LetMeGetMyHeadphones. We'll be right back after this break. It's great. Welcome back, family. You know what time it is. Mela News, news told by a black man. First up, we have some interesting news of like fake meat, lab meat, and news about Beyond Meat. I don't know if y'all have been following at all this like rise and kind of fall, all those type of things. Uh, you have Gardenia, you have Beyond Meat, you might have some other ones called Chicken It or whatever. Um, whatever you're finding in the stores. Um, but this rise and fall of these like vegan meats is very interesting, it's particularly the Beyond Meat. Like the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, when Beyond Meat came to IPO, I bought some stock, made some money off of it and cashed out quickly. Um, and I did that just under the pretext of like, I just wanted to make some money and get out. It was around that like, um, what is it called? The uh, uh, but like recently, Beyond Meat has been in the new GameStop era. I was a part of that, okay, but not GameStop. But Beyond Meat had its rise it was too much, too much, too much. Um, and recently, they cut nineteen percent of their workforce. That is about two hundred employees. Um, and this was a move to slash eight figures worth of spending from its operations budget. Uh, Beyond Meat has also revised its revenue projections um, as much as uh, $120 in revenue, down about 9 to 14% from last year. And like the interesting part is 
you see all of this happening and you see what's happening um, at Beyond Me. You see what's happening in the economy, all of those type of things. And the last straw that really was like, OK, I got to make sure I put this on Mellon News. The stock has been hitting its uh, its low. It's 52nd week low. But that that isn't the worst part. Their CEO recently was suspended after being arrested for biting a man's nose off and threatening to kill him. Now, that is Mellon newsworthy. OK, he must have been hungry because like how you bite somebody. Think about biting my black nose off. Like, mm, how do you do that? You have to be some type of man. Um, next, we have this interesting. I don't know if you have been keeping up with how the metaverse is doing, but meta also is cutting um, and struggling to keep users on its uh, Meta Horizon World VR platform. Now, according to internal documents at Meta, it has lowered its goal of reaching 500,000 uh, monthly members, active members, uh, to 280,000 um, by the end of the year, signaling that a lot of these companies that got that boom over the last couple of years are trying to find a way to like keep it um, and, and settle into maybe what might be a rough couple of couple of months for those on the stock market and others. Um, one interesting story, the next story that we have for you is um, Adobe did this recent study shedding light on uh, uh, creators pay. Um, and as you can guess, who is the ones that get the short end of the stick always. Um, according to this survey, according to this study, it says among non-professional creators, for instance, women in BIPOC reported that they make at least 20% less than from online monetization than white men. Again, this is why we're here at Mellon News to really bring up those voices and continue to offer women and people of color, especially black women, the opportunity to share their story uh, and get in front of more people to know what impact they're giving on to, um, to the community uh, because listen, they're not doing it. So we have to create those spaces for us. So next, you know what time it is. So it all comes down to this. First and goal to go. All right, guys. Last play of the game. And you know, this is the last part of Mella News. Week seven, week eight, and we getting even into week nine this week. So it all comes down to you. this. First and goal to go. All right, guys. Last play of the game. You know what time it is. NFL football time fantasy league. The standings are in and it is a three-way tie, y'all. I guess we can't pick them as good as we can call them. So right now it's everyone. Jasmine is four and four. I am four and four. Jace is four and four. And the still the only team that's still left undefeated, I'm thinking, if I, my notes serve me right, that's my notes serve right. So let's go ahead and is the in uh, the Philadelphia that's right. Six Eagles. Listen, okay, let's start off our week seven predictions. 
Thursday night. You, if you have been here before, you know how I feel about Thursday nights. This matchup is with the Ravens and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? <clears throat> Give I got me. The bu- Ooh. I got the Buccaneers. Yeah. It's Tom Brady. But also it's Action Jackson. Choose wisely. Mm, they're Choose three wisely. And, they're three and three. They're hungry for a win, yes. but also that defense. I got is the Ravens. Elite I change it. At Tampa. Uh, give me, I'm going to be risky. I'm going to go Baltimore. All right. Lamar can do it all, man. Yeah. I changed it again. I want to go. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought you picked Buccaneers in the first place, Jay. I did, but I changed it. And then I changed okay, it. Okay. I'm going, oh. uh, the Ravens as well. I think they are hungry. It would serve my like little heart. To have Peyton Manning or what's his name, Tom Brady, um, get in there and lose again like he lost to the Steelers. That would that would serve me very well. Going into week eight, Sunday night, we have who y'all got? That's who I meant. The Green Bay Packers and the New York Bills. You mean the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, Buffalo Bills. Uh, give me the Buffalo Bills, easy. Um, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. They're 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 playing with hot. They're playing with hot, uh, fish grease right now. I think like six and one or five and one, six and one. Yeah. Okay, Jace mm. going Buffalo Packers too. They are looking Bills. Jasmine, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with the Packers. Packers, I am going great out there. Let's hope. They just lost. No, they just won, didn't they? No, they lost. I'm pretty sure they lost. Who they? Um, didn't they lose last week? Okay, let me look up who they. I might be thinking about the. <laughs> are they looking great out there? Let me look, cause. Yeah, they lost. They got beat by the Jets. The Jets beat them twenty-seven to ten. Okay, well, I'm changing my. They're three and. I mean, they're three and three. They're five hundred. They can still win. I mean, that's not bad. Oh, they did just get by the Jets. I was thinking about them playing against even then they lost. Yeah, I'm changing my vote. Yeah, they, the Giants, they lost to the Giants. Yeah, too. I'm mm-hmm. actually changing my vote. I'm sorry. Live. This is live. This is live. We're doing all of this. <laughs> mm. Absolutely live. We got Breaking found out the there's the Buffalo New Buffalo <laughs> Bills, <laughs> not <laughs> the New York <laughs> Bills. I knew that. I knew that. Just seeing if y'all was listening. Thursday night football week eight you have the cleveland browns versus the Bengals. who y'all got cincinnati Bengals. in case we forgot give me the all right uh, i'm, I'm following singles browns brown naturally why <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. So we win Patriots. Who y'all got? Week eight, Monday night. You got the Chicago Bears and the New England. New England Patriots and the Chicago Browns. 
listen, let's go, <laughs> let's go. Um, and for week nine, oh, I'm going with the the Patriots. Got to. Um, they definitely going to run over the Browns. Um, in week nine, week nine, we do release an episode, but I realized listening back that we can also cover this one. Now, y'all that y'all listening, we are literally not playing fantasy football like fantasy football is supposed to be played. You can't play this far out, I don't think. Um, and then injuries are prone to happen, but we're going to week nine. This is no election day is what day? Huh? We actually can play. Um, November election 8th. Day okay. is November so, a couple 8th. Of days before Election Day, we are going to have a game where it is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Houston Texans. Who y'all got? Philadelphia. With ease. With ease. Week nine. Give me that. Yeah. All in. I love when we are all in because then the, everything is mashed up. Everything can be equalized when we all vote the same. So maybe we might be back here again, y'all, in two weeks where the the votes are the same, equal, level playing field. But hope not. Let's see who takes it to the next level. We'll be back here next time with the results live from the Mellon News Desk. This is Javon, and we'll be back after this short, but short, but short. Hello, everyone. My name is Arielle King, the host of the Joy Report podcast, and you're listening to Let Me Get My Headphones. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? It is time for What the Flick. Of course, as promised, we are covering House of the Dragon. Last time we were on, we left off on episode seven, so we're going to hop right into episode eight highlights. To start us off, immediately, Lord Corliss is in grave condition. Oh, excuse me. This actually starts off six years after the previous episode, so there's a precursor there. So they start us off again. Lord Corliss is in grave condition. So that means that the heir for Driftmark is up for grabs. Lord Veyman then nominates himself as a true heir to Driftmark, publicly questioning the legitimacy of Luke and his, uh, his inheritance. Um, Rhaenyra and her family, they return to King's Landing to reaffirm Luke's succession following Veyman's declaration. Rhaenyra attempts to ally with Rhaenys, Princess Rhaenys, by offering to wed their children so long as Luke's claim is supported by her. Okay, so Rhaenys visit her father. She visits her dad late at night while she's at King's Landing to ask for his backing in his defense. She petitions <clears throat> for the heir of Driftmark along with um, Vaymond, but the king himself, they do it in front of the king himself mm. as he assumes his royal duties for the final time. Rhaenys supports Luke's claim. <laughs> and then Vaymon also calls Rhaenyra and her kids um, bastards and calls her a whore in front of the entire uh, court. Um, where what's his name? Damon immediately beheads him as a result. Um, the king's conditions worsen, so he requests a dinner with his family, as one does naturally. Um, and all is well until Loom until Amon 
alludes to the illegitimacy of Luke and Jace. Um, Helena, being her weird self, keeps whispering that there is a beast beneath the boards. Um, and then also later that evening, the king mistakes Alicent as Rhaenyra from the previous evening. This is a this is a, an egregious mistake um, where Alicent eventually she misunderstands his final request, wrongfully naming Aemon as the Aeon, excuse me, as the heir to the Iron Throne. Um, and presumably the king dies at the end of this episode. Moving right on to, into episode nine. This is a lot, okay? The king, his death is confirmed, but it's also revealed that the small council has been plotting the entire time to supplant Aegon as king and by extension planning the death of Rhaenyra and her entire family. So Sir Criston, um, bitch ass, he kills Beesbury, Lord Beesbury, and the king's guard resigns. Um, and again, here comes Helena whispering there's a beef beneath the boards. Um, the lords, they're forced to swear loyalty to Aegon. Um, Criston and Aegon and Amon, they begin searching for him, but of course he's hiding. Um, doesn't want to be king. He's not fit for it, but they do find out that he has been fathering children um, in the child in the child fighting ring at Flea Bottom, I think. <coughs> so that's ridiculous. Um, Amon expresses his right, his brother, his right and his desire for the Iron Throne. Sir uh, Laris, the one on the cane, he and the hand initiate a partnership. Um, Rhaenys is kept as a prisoner, a political prisoner, to prevent her from informing Rhaenyra of the coup that's happening currently. And so Alicent tries to appeal to her and come to her as a woman and ask for her support. Eventually, she declines. Um, White Worm, we, we later learn, um, negotiates with the hand for Aegon's Location. We learned that that is Lady Masara, um, who was previously married to Damon. Um, King's Landing, they prepare for the coronation. Um, what else happens? The nature of Laris and Allison's relationship, that's revealed. So there's like a foot fetish for information thing going on, only fans type of situation. But because of that, Allison learns that there is a network of spies within the city that her father does know about already. Um, Rhaenys attempts to flee with the help of Sir Eric, one of the knights, but unfortunately she swept, well, not so unfortunately, she swept into the, um, goings on of Aegon's coronation. And so within, in that she is propelled to act. She is compelled to act. And eventually she interrupts his coronation by mounting her dragon, Maylise in secret, destroying the dragon pit, denying Alicent's request and effectively declaring war. Um, that said, she chooses not to kill everybody else in the dragon pit, including the queen <laughs> and the now named king of um, the realm, Aegon. So that was a exhaustive recap. So you might want to rewind that if you're listening on uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. We're going straight into these questions for y'all. First off, y'all team green or team black? It's team black. Fuck them white people. <laughs> Ooh, right, right, Mm-mm-mm. right. I'm I'm not rocking with it. I'm not rocking with you it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand people who don't mind their business. They some haters. Like, first of all, welcome to reality, Allison. You were being played the entire time. And then the whole time, then when you find out you're being played, Instead of having some honor and some dignity and saying we need to put Rainier on the throne, what do you do? You still try to put your rapist fight club having son on the throne. Like this is absolute and like I hate Aegon, but I love that he has like the self 
uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Awareness. I know self awareness. I know that's self awareness to know that I am not built for this shit. I am not built for it. And mm, like, it was also mm. really interesting seeing Amon uh, this episode. Like, really got to see a different side of him. Like, um, have that second brother syndrome that this show is very good at uh, highlighting. But um, <laughs> nah, fuck them. But Rainice, shout out to uh, Big TT, um, Big TT Ray Ray. She read Allison for filth. She's yes, she, she did. Did not come try to come to me as a woman. Do not don't do that. Don't do that. I've been here before you was thought of. Since before you was thought of, you talking about coming to me as uh uh girl. You funny. You funny though. That was cute. (laughs) That's what she said. TT Ray Ray said, said. "Let me go get my purse." She was like, "Give me my purse. I I need to go." Like I don't know, ladies. Y'all know when you're ready to leave and your your purse is underneath a bunch of uh, a coats that's hanging up. And you got to grab your purse, like, and mm-hmm. you are ready to go in the winter time. That's the type of urgency that Raven's <laughs> had. Like, Raven was ready to go. She was like, "We not leaving without Mele Meles." Uh uh-uh. uh. Um. <laughs> also, I, I have a head. Card. I have a head cannon, and y'all just follow me. I think the dragons also be Ooh, spilling tea, like in we the do need pit. that house um so oh. like so i can't wait i can't wait till maylise get the dragon stole and she see caraxes and vermex and she's like girl let me tell you what girl when they get back to the love you- <laughs> sit down sit down <laughs> i got high. something to tell you girl <laughs> Okay. <laughs> real when time. they get back, <gasps> real, real <time>. girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we was gonna, girl. I could have smoked of all of them. She was like, she no. She told me no. She no. said we don't want to be kin slayers. So I just and screamed. They ain't even worth it. She was like, look, I told, look, I told, I told Ray Ray, I got the backwoods and right here. We can smoke their ass. Right now, look, all you gotta look, do is say the word. The blunt, roll it, and smoke it, girl. Uh, and she talk about hold on, smoking. Listen, Jay, Jay, we could have been smoking on high tower, child. Smoking Could've. on high tower. But look, 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 look. We are all team black, so we gonna see how this come out. We gonna see how this come out. But did we? Okay, so what do y'all think? So y'all would have killed them. Y'all would have killed them. Anyways, that was my next question. What do what, you think about her decision to let them live? So I respect her decision to let them live because I like that this show compared to Game of Thrones really respects the curse mm. of being a kinslayer. We saw like in a couple, like in the a uh, few episodes ago when um Sir Strong, um so uh, when Sir Lars Strong killed his brother and his dad, and yeah. Allison was as you can tell. And as we can tell now, over nine episodes, Allison very much respects the rule of law. And the high towers are very much like entrenched with the maesters and the 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 faith of the seven. And so she very much respects law. And this show also respects like you do not kill your your family. Um, and it's a curse. And also it's not Rainice's responsibility to actually start this war. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, Rhaenyra. It's her birthright, not hers. Now, was it disrespectful to have her locked up like that? And then, yeah, like yeah. y'all, like you're usurping the throne. Like you know you wrong. Um, because reminded 
This is the first episode where it's literally the next day. We've had a time skip every episode. So this is the first episode where Viserys is dead and they wake up and the next day happens. And Rhaenyra could have stayed that night. They were asking her to stay the night, right? And she said, nah, I'm going to go home because the kid's wilding <laughs> and then Big V die and then Alley Cat get to scheme. I have no idea um, what I'm sick of it. Um, I'm I'm ready for these folks to go. They Viserys, need to go. Viserys, they was plotting on them. Big, that leads yeah. me to another question. In the small council, I was thinking when they killed that man, Beesbury, I said, I'd have kept my mouth shut, actually. But if y'all were at the small council <laughs> and mm. you learned of the coup, what would you have done? It really depends on the person that I am at the table. <laughs> if I am, depends on the like the position that I'm in. If I'm Maester right. or if I'm Maester Orwell, I'm I'm staying. My, I'm mm. I'm already probably in on it nine times out of ten because, like I said, the high towers are really cool with the Maesters, right? So I'm probably already in on this because I've always thought that the Maesters were poisoning Viserys for years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have definitely <laughs> so you been, been in, in on, on it. it. Got it. Found got a it, way got to it. keep my hands clean, though, but been on, in on it, orchestrating it. Mm, got you. I wouldn't have said nothing. I wouldn't have said nothing. After uh, Sir Kristen put that man down, he said, sit down. And matter of fact, you can't. Y'all know you, you can't speak up. Can't. You can't speak up. And, and I kind of rap with James. He said, depending <laughs> on who I am at the table. <laughs> you know, so it's very. Right. Because the master of coin. Exactly. Too easy. He can be replaced. Too easy. You know. And, and when you know your life <laughs> is. Okay. Is that short? How much you're valued? You know when to keep your mouth closed. Okay, so before we round out this on House of Dragons, do y'all got any major predictions for the season? We're going to be real sad in in next episode um, for the Black Queen. I can let y'all know that right now. A lot of people finna be sad. Um, like Why you some say good that stuff. Like he was a like he on HBO, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, some good stuff's gonna. I mean, I mean, as far as like predictions, I mean, I'm really interested to see what dragon that Damon is going to get. Like, it's not. It's another dragon that. Um, let me see. Um, I saw a um, a what you call it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just ready, ready to, to see, see the them drag. dragons. I'm ready to action. see some fighting. I know that much. Yeah, they finna fight. I know they definitely. That. Yeah, they definitely. The fighting is about CGI. to start. It's about Keep to me entertained real. because um, okay, <laughs> show me the budget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Dame, so Damon is going to get Vermithor, uh, Vermithor in the uh, new tra- in the new trailer uh, where he's like singing. Or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's uh Vermithor is supposed to be like a little like very close to the same size as um Vagar. Um the largest which, dragon. Correct. Yeah, which is the largest dragon. Um but yeah, they're gonna like uh next episode's gonna be real. They're like uh the war is basically about to start. Um, you know, like I said, shout out to Rainice for that you can't being a real away. one. But um she's also about to be a real one in like Tell her to get, you know, get your shit together. Uh, they coming after you and your kids. 
Um, <laughs> and it's gonna get real. Right. Like it's I don't know. Somebody's about yeah. to about to drop. That's why I, mean, I said some 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 like, Yeah, somebody's about to drop flip, next episode so. for real. It's so. That's what I'm saying. Somebody Open like yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so lots it's, of it's death. real. Like yeah, it's real. We lots about to death. see. We about to see some shit. Uh, last episode is gonna be a doozy. Um, I can't wait. I want to watch it. Yeah, you. I want to watch it together. <laughs> what? Um, what you got? Perhaps, what you got? Yeah. Perhaps. Because you the leader of this whole thing, and I'm you like, know what? what honestly, what it'd be got? so much. Ha- what you got? I am. I am, and I'm gonna keep it real. There, it'd be so much happening. Whereas the politics of it, I got to sit down and look at it like on a on a board and connect the dots myself. So the politics have no predictions for that whatsoever. Um, who do I think will live in the next okay, season? That I, can, that. that I can, I can maybe speak to. I definitely think um, Rainice, Rhaenyra, Damon, Allison, of course, the main players. Mm, I'm trying to mm. think if Loris will be here next season. Loris will Christ- definitely be there next season. Okay, It's going to be a minute before Loris gone. Mm, okay, okay. Sir Kristen, I think I want to see where Sir Kristen and Amon's relationship go because they kind of like cut from the same cloth, be wanting stuff that they can't really have. They since they yeah. they bonded over that while they was looking for Aegon mm. and stuff. So I want to see how that happens. Um, it's actually, I will say that I'm very more, I'm very much more interested actually in the relationship with Sir Kristen Cole and Aegon. Because that is the head of his Kingsguard. So it's going to be really interesting with him. And also, like, watching how Aegon um, is affected by um, Otto, his grandfather's influence. Like, Otto is going to attempt to influence Aegon a lot. And I think that also Sir Christian is going to influence a- uh, Aegon a lot. And then I also think that, um, obviously, his mother is going to try to influence him a lot. Um, during this entire thing, like in last episode, you heard her say, you know, you do not want to go kill your sister. That's the wrong thing. To, that's Which the wrong was a thing nod to do. I heard do not listen to the grandfather. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, talking. Uh, yeah. Essentially talking like she told him that uh, he was the prince that was promised, which he's not. She's referring to actually Aegon the third way on the fourth which is i do think uh, the John kids will Snow play a big part i think what um, we saw in that match down where Aegon, i think um likes to go and hide out and see the fighting with the kids with the long nails and the and the teeth and all that type of stuff i do think that mm-hmm, it's gonna mm-hmm. be like we're gonna see like kids doing the fighting um rather than a lot of the adults um, really being out there. That is a running theme. That is a running theme. Yes, it is. Um, we'll definitely see, um, like Jason and Luke are going to go recruit, um, other Lords, you know, to back their claim and as well as, um, Amon and, um, uh, Aegon will do the song. same. I need them to get um, a little bit of fire in their right. because they can't keep letting people call them bastards and not do nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, but what I I will say who, who the person like the person who I am like uh, excited uh, to show up. Big Stark um, is about to show up. Uh, if you don't Coomst. know. Uh, so 
the elder of uh basically the elder of uh what is it uh the Stark family. I'm trying mm-hmm. to find his oh, name. Oh yes, Winterfell. We're gonna be taking, Winterfell. We going to we're gonna be taking a Winterfell Stark. because Next Jace season. Jace is gonna be flying yeah. to Winterfell in the last episode, but <laughs> we probably won't see Winterfell at the end, like in the season finale. But at the beginning of the next season, we will see Winterfell and we'll meet the Starks. And yeah. it's gonna Cregan Stark is his name. We're gonna meet Cregan Stark. He'll be flying. Dragon. No PJ. That's yeah. private jet. We're gonna get some we finally gonna get some <laughs> we're gonna get some more rugged looking some more rugged looking brothers on the That's screen. We didn't have a lot of clean cut, you know, a lot of clean cut square Lannister looking lamos. Silk press. <laughs> right. A lot of silk presses. You know, right. a lot Give of silk presses and, and bust down weeds. Give me a loose leg. You know? Yeah. Give me the locks. I want to see the Valarians. But yeah. we're gonna have to wait. I I gotta step into my F1 bag. Give me my sound effect. All right, y'all. It's time for the F1 updates. Um, I think I said this last time. Well, for this upcoming race, we are in the United States, right? We are in Texas this weekend. Last week, it was in we were in Japan, Suzuka, I believe, um, and Max Verstappen. He is named champion of the world. He is named champion of the world. Um, let me take off my glasses for this. We don't recognize him, right? Here. Right, but that's pending. Just kidding, we do. We do. <laughs> but that's pending <laughs> the FIA's penalty decision for Red Bull, which really isn't. It's really not likely that they'll strip him of his um, championship title. Maybe but, on the competitive but even if side. They did, I, I mean, don't the, know. I don't the know. Team but anyways, constructorship. Maybe, yeah, on the constructor championship, maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, getting into that news, there was there was the. What was it called? What did they call it? A spending breach, a cap in the spending cap. So um, after weeks of speculation, the mm-hmm. FIA, which is the ruling body for the motorsport uh, for the league, they ruled last Monday that Red Bull was guilty of a minor breach of F1's cost catch, uh, which debuted in 2021 to kind of level the playing field and limit teams to spending a maximum of $145 million per year. Um, and so the word minor, when you're talking about that, we're talking about... <laughs> Um, seven point two five million at most. If we're doing the math, you know, by by the exact math. Um, so Aston Martin, they were also previously rumored to have overspent, but it turns out they only committed a procedural breach, which is just related to filling out paperwork incorrectly. And the same went for Williams earlier this year. Um, so of course, Christian Horner, the team principal for Red Bull, um, pushed back. You know, they're doing damage control. They're saying that the overspent, right, of course, of course, of course you're going to get that from Red Bull. But um, they they want to keep that championship title. This, of course, this is going to be Max's second world champion title. Um, but, you know, the other teams, they're pushing back as well. Toto Wolf and team principal for McLaren, they're what like, they say, brother, what that's happened? cheating. What did they say that's it was cheating. On. You know, how you going to. What did they overspend on? They said they were spending it on food. Allegedly, they spent it on food. Two five mil on two food. five. Right on food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, you can we can absolutely run those receipts back yep, yep, um, with, the, with the with the accounting department for sure. Somewhere. So that's still under investigation. Um, FIA. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So they're trying to figure out what that penalty is going to be. But in other news, I don't, I can't recall if this was on last episode as well, but Danny Ricardo not returning for the next season for 2023. Of course, you know, he says he needs a, he would need a, a break from F1. Sure. Sure. Danny, yeah. Sure. We'll miss you. We will miss you. And you know, that's not, I think he'll be back. He's a young guy. He's good. He'll be back. I think he'll be back. Those, 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 they rotate, rotating, up, not ever like rotating. Don't you agree? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's but I think he'll be back. He might, you know, he might not be on yeah. a midfield because McLaren is a midfield team. You know, he might not only if he comes back, he might not be on a midfield team. He might be on best of the rest. But speaking of midfield teams, Alfa Romeo has made some upgrades, uh, upgrades, hoping to get them to midfield next season. So <laughs> let's see what Alfa Romeo has in store. Um, and that is that's okay. all we got on the paddock today for F1. Let me see. Let me see. Making sure. Production telling me to make sure. Yep, that's all we got. So <laughs> return after this. We'll be right back. Right well, let, back. Me get my well, let me get my headphones. Hi there. My name is Joel Carter, founder of Nobor Beauty. Our mission at Nobor Beauty is to create hair care and self-care that turns into actual self-confidence. Norbor uses all organic ingredients shipped in from West Africa, like jojoba oil and mango butter and almond oil that have grown and nourished black hair in West Africa for centuries. We package it in a potent, non-scented, wet shea butter moisturizer that is buttery to the touch, melts into the scalp, and grows and revives your hair upon touch. We have wonder stories of people all over the country, some with alopecia, some of early stage balding and even early stages of uh, hair thinning. And, and we have seen a reversal effects of many, regrowth in damaged areas. And what we care most about, uh, a new sense of confidence to step out in the world and be their most confident self for their biggest moments. And that's where Nova really, really stands for. It's about being your best self for your biggest moments. Nova means first woman, strong woman in our dialect back home in Liberia, West Africa. So this product works, and we're excited to make you a believer. So check us out on IG and Facebook at Norbor, N-O-R-B-O-R underscore beauty, and at our website at www.norborbeauty.com, where you can get a checkout code discount uh, this week, $3 off your normal order by using the code Let Me Get My Headphones, all one word at checkout. So thank you again for listening and excited to see your hair soon. And welcome back to Let Me Get My Headphones podcast. This is Passy Oscar. This is Jace in the place. What's going on, party people in the place to be um, here with your music news and all things on the tunes. Um, what's going on? Uh, fall is officially here. So the music is uh, getting ready to change officially um, now that the leaves are falling. Uh, festivals have uh, happened. Uh, we just uh, we got a bunch of festivals that are um, coming kind of coming to the close because it's getting a little cold outside. Homecomings are going on, so there's a lot of big parties uh, happening across the country. Um, but most importantly, 
uh we got some music news most importantly um and so first off uh glorilla um is making some uh new claims that apparently um she hasn't made a dime off her song fnf or as we know it is f r e um so yeah on uh sunday night glorilla hit up her personal Facebook page uh, with a post in direct message and uh, direct responses to comments made by hit kid, the producer of the smash single FNF let's go um, after hit kid publicly tweeted claims um, that there may be a potential legal battle on the horizon regarding the rights uh, to the acclaimed song. Lorilla clapped back at the uh, Memphis producer by implying that hit kid is the only one getting paid off of the track. That made Glorilla the fastest rising rap, one of the fastest rising rap stars in recent memory. Uh, quote, nigga that made so much money from uh, FNF and I ain't, I haven't made not one red cent um, on other than shows. Mm. Um, obviously, wrote the recent uh, CMG signing on Facebook, but I'm still prospering because guess what? I can rap in real life and ain't no motherfucking one hit wonder. Um, I wrote every single lyric and every single song I ever put out. Um, and even after all of this, I still got love for his kid because we came up together. Um, even though he's going behind my back ever since the song um, Blue. Um, but that's another story for another day. Um, she's also pointed out that he's prompted in a series of tweets posting increasingly popular producer on Sunday evening. Um, without mentioning any specific name, he could imply that Glorilla and her team currently are attempting to take legal action against him regarding ownership rights of the aforementioned song. The tracks producer accused Glorilla of doing some shady uh, business dealings behind his back ahead of her upcoming debut. Um, so basic quote. So basically, these folks are trying to take me to court over FNF because they want to own the song, but they don't want to own the song um, to put it on this EP. Both parties knew. Um, so they tell me um, tweeted hey kid. So tell me how you going to put FNF in your contract without telling me after I told you and your manager every day that we was in LA with Saweetie. <laughs> um, Why Saweetie's always being brought up in some mess? So watch out. Why is <laughs> Sweetie always there? in it. I don't know why. Um, uh, <clears throat> I also told you um, to let me know when labels reach out so we can be on the same page. Um, but you still went and signed uh, my song without telling me says um, uh, says our friend Glorilla. Uh, so. Oh, actually, uh, this was Hickey. I'm sorry. Um, so this is a bit of a lot of, you know, playing telephone. We're going to see what actually happens. I'm going to put a, you know, a pin in this. Um so we can actually come back and see like what comes of this story. Hopefully they can fix this. Uh, Hit Kid is an incredible uh, producer. He, I think he produced um, that little mixtape that Glorilla and like all her okay. friends did as well. So I hope this like isn't affecting their relationship because <clears throat> I like like I like Sly Maroney and like all those other chicks. And I don't want them to like um, be like divided because of this or anything like that. Um, she says like you know, she got love for him. Hopefully they can fix this stuff. All right. Um, so Missy Elliott Boulevard is now on Google maps, ladies and gentlemen, 
Check that out. Um, it's in so LA. Yes, Where's that? Our misdemeanor, um, two up, two downs, uh, legend. Uh, Missy has been honored with a street named after her in her hometown of Portsmouth, Virginia, and she's celebrating the fact that she's been added to Google Maps. The work at Hitmaker shared an Instagram post on Tuesday, October 18th, featuring a photo um, of her smiling ear to ear in a garden Versace outfit while holding the Missy Elliott Boulevard sign. Quote, attention, Missy Elliott Boulevard is on Google Maps. Um, uh, VA. Um, oh, hashtag VA baby. Um, 757 uh, P-Town. Wait on <laughs> Wait a boulevard. Wait a whole boulevard. God is good. Um, I'm not perfect. I have had ups and downs, and uh, when some doubted me, and I thought I would give up, and I prayed and got up every time. Hopefully, uh, this will inspire someone else to keep pushing. Missy's one of my faves. Love Missy. I've bought and listened to every album. I mean, who hasn't? Uh, Missy was showered with praise, obviously, uh, from folks like D Nice and Torre Even me. and others. Um, you guys live in VA, so yeah, I'm gonna drive up to it to see if she's there. Now she go visit. I'm gonna drive up to see if she's there. See if she's there. She might be there for real. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Missy, Miss Elliot, Miss Elliot. I thought y'all like. Um, I thought y'all liked that story. Um, next in Variety, um, Kendrick. So Kendrick Lamar's, uh. Obviously, um, the Big Steppers um, concert is going to be live streamed from Paris on Amazon Music this Saturday. Um, so Kendrick Lamar's sold-out show in a current arena in Paris on Saturday will be live streamed exclusively on um, Amazon Music and Prime Video. The company announced today the event will mark a 10-year anniversary of the release of Lamar's monumental, influential Good Kid, Mad City, and will give fans a special look at Kendrick Lamar's 65-date world tour in support of his latest release, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, airing live on October 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern. Fans will be able to watch and live stream for free exclusively on Prime Video um, in in more than 240 countries and territories worldwide. The Amazon Music Channel and on Twitch and the and on Amazon Music, the app. Wow. Um, this is actually a lot. Um, the stream will also feature sets of PG Lang's Tana Leon and Grammy Award winning artist Baby Keem, our fave. Got a little Baby Keem. Anytime Baby Keem's there, it's a good time. The family of fans. Um, of At least course, one hip hop family can stay together. Um, At least one can switch out. <laughs> oh my god I'm mad at you <laughs> oh my god um, are, are you guys excited about that that's right that's I'm yeah. probably first concert to be live you know what I'm more excited about <laughs> actually Rihanna is coming three times Rihanna coming with the Super Bowl the two new songs for uh, Black Panther she is and Fancy Savage X Fancy Show Volume Four. I know put it you in did. The ether. That's why I had to put it in there. <laughs> you think she gonna release some new music with it? Oh, that's what they already said. That's what they no, said. No, at the not at the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, at the, at but the Super at Bowl the, uh, fashion show. 
Black Panther? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we have one of my good friends who's doing some good work in the Black sexuality side of the Black and culture and society. So definitely come on back after the short break, short break, short break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Branford Jones, the founder and CEO of They Have The Range. You are now listening to Let Me Get My Headphones Podcast. Welcome back, y'all. This week's guest has a consensual hand in uplifting Black sexuality as the editor-in-chief and creative director of <clears throat> A Dirty Magazine. The mission of this magazine is to display Black sexuality with sophistication, artistry, and progression at the center. They are dedicated to providing an atmosphere of willing consent rather than coercion as they add to the legacy of tantalizing adult stories. Y'all put y'all hands together for my friend, Kayla Dixon. Thanks. That was really nice. Welcome, friend. How you doing? How you doing? It is so good to see you. I know we blow everybody away with those uh, sound effects. Just come on into the room. It's a live audience. <laughs> welcome, to the welcome to the group and chat. You know, welcome to the group chat. You know, we uh, like to tell people, you know, get comfy in the group chat. You know, okay, get babe. real comfy. Uh, I'm like this is. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is. A story. This is a opportunity for the world to know who I know as my friend, but really, like for the group chat, those to listen to really know, like who is Kayla, um, and what is this mm, a dirty magazine? So, like, just starting off our questions, we always like to start our questions with our guests um, with this one to just like set the tone, um, and it is. What has made you happy or grateful this week? What has made me happy and grateful? Um, this or week. Grateful. It's, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. When did the week yeah. start? Did the week start on Sunday? Sunday. Yes. Um, I went and had crepes with a little... Well, a little friend of mine, and he encouraged me to get savory instead of the regular sweet. And so now I'm not scared to go to the crepe store by myself and get uh, get the same old joints that I've been getting. So I am grateful to my friend for taking me to get crepes and telling me that it's okay to get ham and eggs in my crepes instead of the regular strawberries. You know, it <laughs> takes people. <laughs> it what? takes I love it. I love it. I love it. That's a big mood. That's a big ass mood. Like, come on, come I on like for the crepes. One. Come on for the savory crepes. Yeah, hmm. are, are crepes your that. favorite? Like, are they like something that you get often? Nah, I just got hip to crepes, and I am not one to try things new by myself. So the fact that I even tried crepes is like a big. It's a big like grown-up thing for me, but yeah. when I find one thing that I like, I usually stick with it. That's with men, that's with clothes, that's with phones, that's with, like, whatever. 
food, restaurants. Like I, I'm the type of person I go to a restaurant and I eat one thing. That's it. Once I find mm. one thing, I don't have to go try nothing else. I know what the fuck I want. And so with crepes, I, I know I like strawberries and I know I like sugar. So that's mm. the shit that I be getting. But right. I had no reason to go to the crepe store and try anything else until we was at the we was at the line and he was just like, so you want savory or you want sweet? And I was just like, I've never had savory before. But then he started talking about savory and I was just like, all right, bet. Get me number five. <laughs> I liked it. And low key, while we were sitting there eating, I wanted to order another one for later. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it is. That's how it is. So we know that you love crepes. Uh, we know that you like the savory now and then the, the sweet strawberry sugar in it. Well, tell the listeners who you are and what you are. That's the hardest fucking question to answer. So when you ask me for a bio, I was just like, ooh, can you just tell them? But still, you ask the question, I still got to answer it. Okay, so hi, guys. I'm Kayla Dixon. Um, I'm from a small-ass town in North Carolina. We got one stoplight. Uh, I'm an artist. Life just, I'm a better communicator when I can do it artistically. Um, I like to sing. I like to write some days. I love to talk about sex. Um, I think it's one of my best learning tools. So mm. creating a dirty magazine is literally just the process of learning. It just feels a lot better than going to class and what we usually think is learning. That's it. Mm. That's that's what I do. Okay. Sings, can you hit a note for us? Because, like, I have heard you. I have heard you sing. And I know it's early in the interview. I understand that. I'm about um, to say, but... so early? <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. But I, I just. I'm, I I'm a little Kayla. shook that you was going to press Kayla this early. Give me a okay. rap song. Give me a rap song. Uh, do the so dick my, challenge. So, oh, my God. Yo, you that's what? not singing. That's not singing. <laughs> what song? That, that's actually not singing. But that's hold not. on, let's let that, that's not singing. Right. No, no. So during the pandemic, you remember? Well, maybe no. This was before the pandemic. A little remember bit before. Was, yeah, everybody was doing the forty dick challenge. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I do remember that. That was like right before no. the right before or during pandemic. I remember. So I'm a late bloomer and I catch on to shit way past when everybody makes it go viral. And so when I finally caught on to it, I made my own, but I didn't use the music everybody was doing. And I'm like so very proud of my 40 dick challenge because I didn't lie. Like, hold on, this is how I start, which I'm telling you, nothing is a lie. Everything is the motherfucking truth. Everything is the motherfucking truth. And if I got to stop at certain points to explain to y'all how true it is, hold on, I might do it. Fuck you in my mama's suburban for that dick. Because I did. Definitely fucked in my mama's suburban. Multiple times. Uh, up making you grits and shit early for that dick. Because I do. After we, after I get some good dick and we be hungry, I definitely will go in the kitchen and make some grits and bacon. Three o'clock in the morning. Uh, wait. Up making you grits and shit early. Miss Sweet Potato Pie up at Shirley's. I definitely will not go home for Thanksgiving. As much as I love my grandmother's sweet potato pie, let 
let the right man want to take me home. I mean, I got to see y'all on Christmas. I see y'all on Christmas. But yeah, what else? What else? There's this one line where I'm talking about behaving in front of his white friends for that dick because I do be mm-hmm. acting a fool. And sometimes you can't act that way in front of white people. So if mm. I tell this nigga, I'll act, you know, I'll act right. I'll act, you know, prim and proper in front of your white friends. I think I deserve dick. So <laughs> do, I, no. do you really want me to say all of it? No, you good. good. I was, I was good just, enough. <laughs> I was just, you know, being who I am. So, mm-hmm. so you talked about the magazine, the magazine, mm-hmm. mm, magazine. I think that's how it's on my tongue this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jump into it, tell us about your journey as a creator, like from this point backward, because you're doing music, uh, fashion, uh, writing, directing. Like, why do you create this way? Why do I create this way? Ooh. Why do I create this way? You want me to go backwards? Let's see. I personally think I create this way because I'm I'm a bad communicator and this is the only way I know how to get it out. It's like I think I create this way for me, not any for anybody else. It's uh it's just how I get my thoughts together in my head. Like me writing music, it isn't for anybody else in particular. It's like me in a room by myself with thoughts jumbled up in my head and I need to get them out. So if I like turn on music without words to it, I'll start singing. Don't let me don't let me get in a room with some music with no words to it in a broom, I'll sweep the fuck out your floor and make a song. <laughs> sweep the fuck out your floor and make a song. But yeah, for me, it's just me trying to get the thoughts straight together in my head, trying to make sense of what I see and what I feel and what I can understand or what I don't understand. I believe that's why I create this way. Like I had started a clothing line called the Intercourse Collection. Mm-hmm. And I would write messages to Black people on sexy clothes. It started out sexy dresses, and I said, I called it Thirst Trapping for the Greater Good. Like, and I refused to release the clothes if I hadn't written like an essay that goes along with it so that I could understand for myself along with whoever I handed the piece of clothing off to, because I think it's a responsibility for someone to understand, oh, this is what she meant by drink more water. It makes your pussy wetter. So I I think like the way that I create is just me trying to understand what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know more about this gravitation you have, excuse me, this gravitation you have towards like sensuality and sex. And where does, where did, where does that come from? If, and how does that intersect with the way that you choose to communicate your art? I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio. I don't know if it's (laughs) because I've been told that my family on my dad's side, we just hot in the pants. I I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's always the daddy's side. Yeah. Ooh, I got ways like my daddy. I got ways like my daddy. I'm trying to change a little bit. But um, I, I don't know. I've actually had conversations with my creator trying to figure out why he made me this way. Because the first thing that comes to my mind, be something dirty. I cannot help it. 
I don't, like Janet Jackson was my favorite artist when I was a little kid. And when I go back and listen to Janet Jackson songs now, I'll be like, why did my parents even let me like her? But they couldn't stop me. Yo. So, so funny story. My brother is um, a big Janet Jackson stan. Like, maybe, like that is his Beyonce. Um, when he was growing up, like he saw Janet Jackson from childhood to superstardom. And so like he was obsessed. And when he gave me his iPod, like back when they still had the click wheel iPod, um, that album, uh, what was it? Uh, the velvet, velvet rope was on there as well as like everything else. And, you know, I remember listening to that and that may have been the raunchiest album I may have ever listened to in my life at like nine years old. And I was like, yeah, it was it, wow. Like it changed my life. Like 1999. Ooh. Ooh, call on me. Call on me. I think I got a new answer. Oh, go ahead. I, okay. After I, after I thought about some shit, why am I like this? Or why? I think I'm one of those people that I like to really sit and analyze things. And sex is one of those arenas where you get to do it. There are so many nuances that happen in sex. The way you said that that album is so raunchy, it has so many layers. There's so much description in those moments. I think that's why I'm drawn towards the sensual, sexual space. Because I'm also a nurturer and it's very important to me to to touch things and feel things. And for some reason, that maybe that might be where it comes from. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This- I'm I'm so glad like it's it's my turn to ask questions because I feel like we're the same person. Like Hey cousin. Like hey cousin. Yeah. Uh hey twin. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like and the reason I say that is because that is really the way that I look at like uh so in on the show Let Me Get My Headphones, I am our music aficionado, um, our playlist curator. And Javon and Jay know like the way that I analyze music is really by layers. Um, as I look at something, whether it is, you know, f- from if, if it's an EP that is 15 to 40 minutes long, if it's a um, if it's a renaissance like Beyonce, where it's, you know, a, a longer than an hour, where it's a full hour of music, like nonstop with no interludes that's going straight through um, that blends all together or whether it's a dense like Kendrick Lamar's last album. Um, where, you know, there are interludes and there's, there's two discs and it's a lot of layers that you have to listen to. I'm, I'm very big on analyzing, but also when it comes to sexuality, um, and sex itself, I'm also the same way because I'm a Virgo. Um, and that's how I get down. And, you know, um, I have had like some of my best friends have been, uh, Scorpios as well as former lovers. So we speak in the same language, Kayla. We really are. Um, so the one thing I really wanted to get into was about the magazine, right? So explain mm, a dirty magazine and issue zero to be specifically, because I was checking out the pages and I really, really liked what I was seeing. And I just wanted you to tell me the inspiration and like dig deeper behind why this particular, um, why this was the particular way that you wanted to start What's your first issue? Okay, so mm, a dirty magazine. 
wasn't even really my idea. It was my publisher's idea. Shout out to Mr. Bimo Brown. He is, yeah, shout out to Mr. Bimo Brown. He was the one who really brought the team together. Now, the crazy thing is, once I had got started really fleshing out what I wanted this magazine to be and feel like, I started looking back at old notebooks that I was just like writing ideas and journaling and da this. And in the corner of one of them, it said a conscious playboy. I don't remember what year it was I wrote it, but after I saw that, I was just like, Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Like, go, 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 go. Let's go. But um, issue zero is about sustaining a real life connection in the rise of sex technology. And I don't particularly remember how I came to that back in like, cause we've been working on this for like a year. We've definitely been working on this for like, like all year long. Um, so all the things that you saw on the page, it's like not even like a tenth of the work that we've been doing because it's so hard to like keep people. It's so hard to be present in the moment in this address right here in my real body and also present on the Internet, on my so- like at my social address. It's hard as fuck to be present in both of those places. And I do want to be present with people online when it's time. But for now. We really sitting here doing the work of figuring out how do we sustain a real life connection with people like sexually or just like in general, because the way that I be so connected to this, well, that's the brightest fuck, but the way we be so connected to our devices is scary. It's really scary. Um, the way that I can't fall asleep. I think I'm addicted to television. Um, mm. I feel, I feel a way. I feel very restless or just uneasy when I don't have my phone in my hand. I hate the quiet. I hate the quiet. Like, like I thought somebody has like uh, locked me out of my Spotify account. I was ready to burn everything down. I was wishing ill on this motherfucker hard. Do you hear me? <laughs> I love technology. I love technology. <laughs> but like, I'm all. I, when you look at the internet, when you look on social media, it is so apparent how much we rely on technology, like the calculator, like the maps. What else? Um, we don't know how to cook because like things are so easily accessible to us because of technology. Like how often do niggas door dash? Do people know how to like wash greens? Does anybody know how to actually farm anymore? Technology has made it so that we are so dependent on it. Like how do we slow it down or at least learn how to use it, but still be fluent in this connection with the earth, with our bodies, with each other. So that is what issue zero is all about. Oh, one more point. I, um, in the sexual space, the real, the real reason that, I brought this to the team in a sexual space and how important it was for me to do it was I discovered that they are putting um, artificial intelligence in sex dolls in Europe. And that I watched a couple documentaries and it was really scary. Like in Europe somewhere, they have brothels that you don't even have to like pay to have sex with a actual human anymore. They have humanoid robots that can talk to you. And if they've been with you long enough, 
they know how long it takes for you to come so they can talk you through your climax. Wow. And I think that shit is crazy as fuck. Like if you go to the website, it's literally like a build a bitch factory. You can go through and decide, oh, I want my woman to have this size breast. I want the areolas to be this color. You can decide what type of vagina she has and you can take that bitch out and clean it. No STDs. Um, you can decide how much. Like, hair. take hold on, hold on, hold on, is, hold on. Don't you move can pull past it that too the, quickly. <laughs> is, is this? Is so. it, this sounds like Westworld season one. Like, you can Jay, throw that. This, you can throw the vagina into the dishwasher. You said. <laughs> <laughs> you can put the pussy it, on the, the chair. <laughs> you can put the pussy on the stairs. You can put the pussy on the roof. Spit out to you dry. can put the you can clean the pussy with a poof. Um, wow! You can do all of those things and look how <laughs> and it's and it's so convenient. Like think about the convenience <laughs> and how think about how much yeah. we. Because of technology, we are spoiled. Think about how much we love convenience. And think about how often... Because that Twitter porn is convenient. It's too easy. It's right there. Yo, maybe the the most dangerous when it comes to, like, sexual toys... In a previous life, uh, (laughs) I was in a distant, a long-distance relationship with a young lady. And... um. We bought one of the sexual toys that like had an app that came with it, so you could control it um, with like a cell phone from anywhere. And I was like, "Yo!" And the first thing I thought about was like, I watched one of those documentaries that you were mentioning uh, earlier. And the first thing I thought about, I was like, "Where the fuck does all this data go?" Mm. Like, because yo, it was cool that you know I could. FaceTime her through this app. They definitely could, checking that data. You know, I could. You what are they know, using see that data she for? Would, you know, like I knew, you know, where she was and where I was. I'm like, yo, where is all this data going? Mm, that's interesting. Tra- <laughs> and so, like, it, it. yeah, like, so it really makes you wonder. Like, it made me think about it. Like later on, a um, couple months, like afterwards, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's mm, that's a red flag. <laughs> Literally. Well, mm. well, see, that's the, <laughs> see what you did there. So, but see, that's the thing. I don't want to demonize sex technology okay. because, like, it it's like it, it just feels like a waste of energy to try to fight it. Like, technology is going to continue to grow. The metaverse is going to like it's happening. It, like that's where we're going. But at the same time, like x amount of years from now, I want my kids and my grandkids to be able to say. I can still feel something physically with another person because it's getting real. It's getting real scary out here. How I don't know if anybody does anybody in the group have sex toys. Yes. So I just want to say that I always I always climax when I'm with my sex toy. I don't always Mm -hmm. climax with I'm when I'm with a real person and. The fact that it can be a struggle to do that is scary. The orgasm gap being a thing is scary. The fact that these sex dolls look exactly like the women who have BBLs is scary. The fact that that is now, ooh, let me knock Kevin Samuels in this moment. Hold on. Hold on. Let me stop before I say that. Because I I was about to throw one of them Kevin Samuels' words. (laughs) (laughs) No, this 
Nah, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. I um, I never really, wa- I never watched like a whole Kevin Samuels episode. I only see snippets on the internet. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think that's how we all experience I've only met nah. like maybe one person in real life that's watched a whole entire one Kevin in Samuels video. Jasmine got to be the four, one in four. That actually watch a Kevin Samuel video. I've never seen one in its entirety. I've it's I always see clips on the internet, and that's that that's what always gives me cause to pause from the beginning. If all I see is your clips on Facebook, that's that's my indicator right there. Well, yeah, I I don't know. It's just I, what I was about to say. What I was I was about to use one of his quotes that high value woman, but I don't want to say that. But it does seem like the new archetype. Let uh, let me use that. Let me use my vocabulary. It seems like the archetype, the ar- the archetypal woman that we see plastered all over the internet and selling clothes, and just like she has the BBL body, the big titties, the small waist, the the ridiculously fat ass. And it's just like everybody, a lot of people are not born that way, but now everybody is going to the doctor to change their bodies to look that way. We're out here looking like these dolls that they're manufacturing and everything seems to be coming to a head. And it's scary. Nobody is really appreciating real shit no more. And so this issue zero is way bigger than sex. It's way bigger than sex because when I got started on this joint, it was a question. Well, no, it was a statement. The statement was sustaining a real life connection in the rise of sex technology. When we really started researching, then we realized, oh no, this statement has a question mark at the end. How the fuck do we sustain a real life connection? And from what I'm understanding from, um, from the interviews and from talking to people and experiencing shit real life, communication is the real answer. Like maybe we don't know how to communicate anymore. Technology has made it so easy for us to connect, but not communicate. And so I've been trying to learn how to be, well, this issue to make communication sexy, we've been learning how to be better communicators through the lens or through the scope of BDSM. So we've, we've been getting kinky for issue zero. Okay. So right, right. It might be self-explanatory, but tell us where the name of the magazine came from. The publisher. We was going back and forth about names for a couple weeks, and mm, a dirty magazine was like one of the names that we threw in the hat from the beginning. But we was just like, nah, we're not gonna name the the magazine. Why would we name the magazine? Mm, they gotta be something else. But then all the other names just started getting chopped off the chopping block. But mm. then when we but then when you think about how universal mm is, it's not just in regards to sex. You say mm when anything feels good. You say mm when you bite into your grandmama's sweet potato pie. You say mm when you go down the street and get crepes. Yes, you might say mm, when you get back shots too. You say mm, mm. do you say mm, this might be fucked up, but you say mm in church. Like, you do, you know? Mm, that's good right there, Pastor. Pleasure. That's, that's good right there, Pastor. That's, it, but yes, we, like when you when you agree with something, you be like mm. when you, you know? disagree with something, you be like mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. 
Mm-hmm. And we want you to have all of those feelings when you turn the pages. I see that. I love that. I love that because sure it's about sex, but there, there's a there's a very much kind of there's a poetry about pleasure with the with the name like mm. and I think for a publication, I think personally. I am in love with the title. I think it's like, and and you were production. Somebody in production was telling me before to mention this um, on the show. Uh, how you was talking about? I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Somebody in production was telling you you were you like the yeah. name. Yeah, you like the so name. So there's a poetry to it. Yeah, I'm there usually not. You this. said beforehand. You said <laughs> something beforehand. I'm a real you were telling us about it. Me too. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm so it's sorry. Okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Well, let okay. me ask you this. Let me let's jump into this. Let's before we get into the name, take a step back. Like, um, why was it important for you to create um a dirty magazine, uh, this issue? And then like what was that what was it like really those spaces? Because we've been checking out like the way that you have been like on the ground making those connections and making people say, mm, nah, 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 you know, in real life, you know? So it's just like, what was, why was that important to do those connections and move into like themed conversations about like adults and stuff? When I was on the first day of like the three of us meeting because on the team, it is myself, creative director and editor in chief. I have an art director. His name is Yogi. Shout, shout out to Yogi. Yogi the shooter. Um, and then there's BMO. BMO is the publisher. Um, when we sat down on the first day, BMO asked us, what is our why for sitting at the table? And we each have our different why. BMO, uh, BMO is where the money at, (laughs) but also BMO is really in love with like what Jet meant to the African-American community, Mm. what what Jet means to people of color. Like the fact that my mother has like a stack of Jets and Ebony's like locked away in like a safe somewhere, that's important. Like it was important for us to have that. And I think my why for me, Yogi's why, Yogi is really big on taste and like showing us in like the highest regard and the highest light. And in the sexual space, there hasn't really been that. There are so many like white nudity magazines that they are classified as art. And Yogi is here to make sure that black people, people of color also get that respect. Because I if I, I don't know if y'all watch porn or not, but at one point the girls and the, the people in the porn like black people pornos didn't have the budget that white people pornos had. And that mm. pisses me off. Even if I don't watch porn all the time, it just pisses me off that we our budgets be lower and we don't be kept at a higher esteem. So right. that's also Kayla, that's also a thing. Yeah. I, I actually do. I'm this is actually a really interesting conversation I've had with a couple of people. The one thing I've noticed about porn, particularly as it uh, pertains to black women and porn in the porn industry. Um, well, for our listeners, 
Porn is the only industry where a white woman can say, I don't want to have sex with a black man. And there is nothing that that black man can do. <laughs> like if she says, I don't want to have sex with black men, like no black men, like she absolutely has that right. And there's nothing anybody can say. I thought it was like one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. I was watching John Stewart, the daily show when I found that out. Um, but also one thing I noticed is when black girls enter the industry, one thing about them becoming popular or getting on like bigger, um, getting in bigger budget, um, like companies is that they have to sleep with white men more often. Um, and also with white women, the more, the less they sleep with black men, the more popular that they become in the moment that they start sleeping with black mm. men, their popularity, like on, on line rankings go down with black women, the more that white Miley men that they sleep with their popularity rankings go up. If, but if they sleep with just black women on with just black men on screen, their popularity is typically down. And it made me really wonder. I was like, in this interaction of porn, because I think porn has now taught at least two generations of people like how to have sex because we don't have sex education in school, which I think is really dangerous. Um, More than that. Yes. More than that. More than that. I always say like, if it wasn't the internet that taught you how to have sex in high school, it was... Um, your older brother that really didn't also know what the fuck he was doing. Um, so, okay. mm. Or your cousin um, who really didn't know, uh, who really you should have probably called somebody for talking to you about sex. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's important. Okay. So one of my whys is the storytelling is really important. To me, to me personally, I was an acting major at Howard. And so I I love a good motherfucking story. The way that you said that you listen to music and you pay attention to all of the layers. I am that type of person. So another reason that the magazine might be moving slowly is because I really pay attention and I give a fuck about the layers. So, yes, that. Porn has taught us how to have sex. That's another reason why it is so important to be on the ground and having the conversations because I'm the type of person that I like to ask a lot of questions, not particularly to get an answer, but to, to, but to actually get people to think for themselves how they feel about something. Because like... <laughs> No, that's not a good example. Uh, that's not a good example. <laughs> I like you checking yourself. Like... Okay. Okay. No. okay, so I I like being on the grounds doing that work because it's really fulfilling to understand that we all be going through the same shit and don't nobody really? know it because we don't know how to talk about sex. Yeah. Like we really don't know how to talk about sex. I was listening to a podcast the other day and this lady was talking about how Tantra has like these five different layers that Tantra is supposed to help you live like your most peaceful life. And sex through Tantra is one of those ways that you can find that balance. But before the podcast got started, the lady was telling the people, hey, 
tell your kids to like leave the room. We about to talk about sex. And when the lady got on, she was just like, that's one of the issues right there. Like we're not talking about sex in a positive way. And we're not talking about how it can really be healing. We we're like shunning people and we're making people feel bad about having these desires and having these urges, you close off that part of yourself that you can actually be doing your mind, your body, some spirit, some fucking good. Right. So that's, I mean, that's why it's important to me. I was in North Carolina, the end of July, I was a part of a women's empowerment brunch and there was a sex panel and there was a question that was asked and my also these this is my hometown in North Carolina, so real country folk. My mama was sitting at the table with me and everything, and like I guarantee, like eighty yikes five percent of these women in the room were older than me. These are women that have probably watched me cheer. They probably watched me sing in the choir mm. when I was younger. But I couldn't <laughs> let this shit go by when we was on the sex panel and somebody hadn't said something that I thought was really important. So when I got the microphone, I like covered my face up with a plate so my mama couldn't see me and so I could talk without like feeling her on me. But I was just like, I don't know about y'all, but my mama didn't teach me how to suck dick. The internet did. Mm. I learned that shit in chat rooms. Well, I didn't learn it, but I, I started talking about shit in chat rooms when I was younger, way before I was supposed to. And then when I got hit to porn, yes, I thought that's how I was supposed to have sex. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Porn like taught us how to have sex, but that's fucked up because they really getting paid for that shit and they not enjoying yeah, they it. Mm. They not exactly. enjoying it. And not only but that, would- but, but it makes us believe that sex is a performance and not that it's an intimate connection between two people. Um, Agreed. Agreed. And that sex isn't centered just around men. Cause I think that's also like one of the biggest things is that it's always been centered around the pleasure of men and it's never actually centered women, which I think has always been a problem. Agreed. But all, but hold on. We talked, we talked about like traditional porn. Let's talk about the only fans. Let's talk about the fans league. Let's talk about the private pages mm. and shit because that, that, that's a new, that's a new thing that, that I is have new. found. It's, it's some positivity to that. Um, I because I'm in this space and because I want to work with some of these like women. I want to work with some of these men. I want to work with some of these people who like consider themselves non-binary because they're actually teaching us. Like they get to do shit on their own terms. They get to make their rules. And I think that's the place, if anywhere, that we should be investing our our coins to learn. Don't go to Pornhub. I mean. Okay, I'm saying talking to me now. Not you applying your own notes. Mm-mm. I know that's no, right. No, but dead ass, there's this girl that I follow on Instagram, and I've loved her just off the strength of she cute as fuck, and I like her attitude from afar. But when I found out that she was like an OnlyFans girl, I was just like, ooh, I'm intrigued. So mm. I went and followed up, and I learned a lot. I learned so much. Like like watching her enjoy like her toys by herself. Yeah. The noises that she makes just like genuinely enjoying herself. The way that she like put a dildo on the mirror and sucked it. I was just like, oh, all by yourself, bitch. You was in the playground. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to go. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I learned how to put lotion on the part of my back that I ain't never been able to put lotion on. Like only fans is the way to go. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I think so, we always oh yeah, I think we always forget that OnlyFans before it was this sexual place, it was this place, it's just like Patreon. It's just people pay for a service like oh, and I mean, workout influencers have, use OnlyFans. Yeah, you can have yeah, all types do. of content on OnlyFans. On OnlyFans. So, you know, do it. Check it out. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> so knowing the mission and the voice you wanted to have for the magazine, what was the process like putting it together? Like putting it together physically, bringing all the people together. What do you sure. mean? The, the, the physical publication. But I'd imagine that compiling all the elements of it and like the, the, the places that you wanted to pull from, what was that process like with your team and deciding whatever it is you wanted to put in there? And how did that come to you? Being present in real life, listening to people in real life meeting real people in real life and understanding like, oh, this fits in the story. Um, I want to give an example. So we're talking about communication um, and we're talking about toys. So the process of realizing this person over here that I met or that I've grown to know and that I admire this quality about them, they have the capacity (laughs) to talk about this in a certain way that people would appreciate in an artistic fashion, bringing them together. Like getting to know people has been the process. And I'm not Mm. gonna lie, it's, it's stressful getting to know people at a wide, like at a large scale, it's stressful getting to know people, but it's fulfilling to bring those people together and to give those people assignments and to challenge them. So never mind. let me, how how we put this together, I don't know how other magazines do it. And I don't know if they're as intentional as we are, but I see that you're intentional. That's that's the point. Like we see that there's intention behind the placement, the panels and all that type of stuff. So that's what so, we so I really um I really think of this as learning. It's it's interesting that the people who've come before us call each rendition of the magazine an issue because we really are tackling issues. And I'd be so hard on myself because I'll be wanting to fit everything in one pub like in one print. And it's just like, bruh, the issue is still gonna be an issue after y'all put the issue out. So mm. I'd be having to be okay with that. But at the same time, to be intentional about how to make the best of who it is I have access to, I like to challenge them. I listen to people and what it is they're good at and what it is they care about, because I want you to be excited when I send you an assignment. I put together this worksheet and everybody who I was really intentional about getting something from, they got their own personal worksheet with their name on it when the due date was. Um, I put together like this really interesting diagram so they understand how my thoughts all came together. Um, I told them about what the issue was. And then there's a written, like I literally wrote out an assignment for what I felt like I wanted to get from them. And it was Mm. open for discussion and dialogue if they felt like things needed to be changed because there was this one uh, 
there was this one lady, she is a BDSM dom. I had said to her, how would she feel about writing a piece about what characteristics of a good dom make a good leader? Because I've, I think from my understanding right now, because I'm new to BDSM, um, I was under the impression that the dominant person was the leader. But she flipped it around on me and she was just like, uh, can we like change it up a little bit? Because in real life, the submissive is the leader. The dom can only, because of how BDSM is set up, a dominant can only do as much as a submissive will allow. So you're mm. the leader. You got the power. You just a man, like the dominant is just a manager at this time. He's just managing what it is he can do and how he can creatively do it. But you, the submissive say, this is what goes and this is what doesn't go. So fuck me up. I was like, damn, I got to go back yeah, to the that's a... But at the same time, like that is how we create the issue. We have the conversations and we talk it out. That's the only way we know how to get better at it. So uh, yeah, that that's how we put it. That's how we put the thoughts together. As far as building it out, trial and motherfucking error, to be honest <laughs> with you. Trial and motherfucking error. We knew that we wanted our first, like the issue zero is just a snippet. We're putting together, we're putting together a point five that I'm working on right now. That okay. will be well, that will be a full coffee book table joint. So Uh-oh. we we working on that. Be patient with the kid. But um Issue zero, I was really inspired by when we were younger and we used to get uh, CDs and it had like a poster that would unfold. And so that's what I wanted issue zero to be about. We wanted to like just give people a taster so they understood what a dirty magazine was because they automatically think that you like making porn. It's just like, nah, bro, that's not what we're doing. So this is just a little dosage. So you understand this is what we want to do. This is how we want to do it. And niggas need titties up on their wall. So we provided that. So it's like a I mean, and it's a five panel that you provided. Like, yeah, it's so a, like, it's a, yeah, it's it's a really, dope it's really panel. Cool. But it's it's more like a prologue. Like I, I like that. Like it's dope. So we talked about technology a lot. Um and and we talked about the bad things about it. But let's talk about the good things. Um, okay, because I think I think that there are a lot of good things that technology obviously provides in the pleasure realm, um, especially when it comes to sex toys. Um, and I think that they're like we've kind of poo pooed it, and a lot of people are, that are listening are probably like, "Oh my god, what what is there positive to say about technology when it comes to sex?" So, give us what does sex and technology look like? Give our listeners like an idea of what sex and technology looks like in the future. As we go forward, being more sex positive and including technology um, in our um, sex capades when we bump uglies or bump pretties. Okay, but thank you, thank you for bringing us. I, I like you, Jay's cousin. Oh, I like you. Thank you for bringing us back to positivity and productivity. Yeah, because that that is true. I don't want to demonize technology. Um, so. I learned this word called sex tech and sex tech is basically like technology that is here to help enhance our like sexual practices and thought of this and thought of that. So excuse me, Lord. Um, 
one of the things that I found. Oh, and also I am not a sex tech engineer. I just be out here watching. I am a student in life. So the listeners, please, please don't think that I know shit. I'm out here learning along (laughs) with y'all. I am a conduit. Okay. I am just very enthusiastic about learning about sex. And if you're listening and you don't know more than I do, I'm just here a conduit to give you the information. That's it. But one of the things that I found that was really beautiful, one of the sex tech things that I found that was really beautiful Jace, you were talking about using a long distance relationship at once. They have this pillow that if your partner like is away, like in a long distance, let's say that you've been married for like 10 years and you got a job in Japan that your no, your job moves you to Japan for like a year. You got a house, you got kids in school, your wife got a good job. You don't want to uproot your family for a year just for you to go like work or whatever. So you got to leave, you got to leave the family. But like, you and your wife been sleeping in the same bed together for 10 fucking years. Imagine how hard that is. They now have a pillow that like emulates your body being there present with her. Mm. And I think that's beautiful. Like even the toy that you were talking about where you can control it with the app. I think that's beautiful because like real life people can be on like opposite sides of the world and they still want to make it work. I love the fact that technology affords us that possibility. Um, yeah. I don't want to say, I don't want to act like the app wasn't cool. Like, yeah, I did ask that question. And just for the listeners, I found out where that, where the data went and it was confidential and they didn't do anything with it. Thank goodness. Um, I didn't tell that part of the so story. They, they, they built another app so for what I know. Um, but not, um, but no, it was dope because you could like program your music, like from your Spotify to it. So just imagine, just imagine you getting, um, your pussy beat to fuck nigga free. Come F R E E. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't know. It's the first one I thought about. You know, I've been listening to that shit all day, though. Like, it's <laughs> are we the same person, cousin Jace? Like, are we supposed to do go do? Are we supposed to go do karate in the in the uh, garage now? Like Will Ferrell and um and what you calling his stepbrothers? Jace is in Atlanta. Do you know karate? I kind of do. No. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm supposed to be learning how to protect myself, so okay, maybe let's do that. That's fine. Yeah, let's do that. While we doing that, we're gonna actually um, get ready for these rapid fire questions. So we gonna throw it over to Jay. Um, you gonna we gonna put 90 seconds on the clock. Okay. And these and the are clock, what's the rule? Ru- hold pause. Here. What's the rules? What's the rules? Uh, if you don't answer a question, you gotta take a shot. What if I ain't got no? If you want to say, if Just you don't have a, an answer, if you don't have an answer, say next. <laughs> I'm gonna put lotion on. When, okay, when yeah. Because I'm, I'm the bottom half of me is still ashy. <laughs> no, yeah, let's do that. Okay, ashy. let me put ninety seconds on the clock. Hold on, let's see. You say, what if I don't have any drink? Right, I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know. Hold on, what is ninety seconds? A minute. And 30, a minute and what? Seconds. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks. All right, let's see what Jasmine can spend. You ready, Jasmine? Mm-hmm. All right. Time starts now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who is your hero? Who's my hero? Um, Let me say. Ooh, this is. Ah! Don't look at the clock. Just don't look at the clock. Don't think. Just answer. Me, nigga. I'm my hero. That's that's real. What is your favorite month? Don't think. What what October, comes on impulse? October, October, October. What okay. activity instantly calms you? Dick. Would you rather be able to fly or breathe underwater? Fly. What would the adult version of Build a Bear sell? Bitches. What do you usually daydream about? Dick. What's your favorite sex position? From the back. What's an item you cannot live without? A, tra- a teleporter machine. Thank and you. Your favorite color. <laughs> what? What's your favorite what? color? Black. What if your name wasn't your name? What would it be? Pass. I'm gonna put lotion out of it. What did you want to be when you were small? A model. All right. Ask some more. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking up. He be fucking up. And I'll be, be, be like, Dad, stop it. <laughs> I mean, your heroes are heroes are human. They fuck yeah, up. That's true. That's true. Okay, that's cool. All right, fine. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for playing that game with us. Um, no, we're going to go to, we're switching gears real quick and going into like the last couple of minutes of our interview with you. Um, and, you know, our podcast is about music and film and media and all of those things in lifestyle. Um, so just just getting into your present day bag since, you know, you'd be out there in the streets. Um, not in that way, but like, you know, in the streets, talking to people, connecting, you know, uh, communicating. Um, Jace, like, I know you usually ask what. What's the question you're going to ask? Oh yeah, like we always just have keep it simple. We're like, yo, what are you listening to? Like, um, like the most right now. There's a lot of good music, obviously out. Um, you know, Beyonce's still getting spins from me. Uh, <laughs> the Renaissance continues. Um, but there's also been some other really good music out. Uh, Smino dropped some new tracks, um, as well. Um, fall is here, so the the mood's kind of changing outside. So has your mood been changing as far as like your um your music taste? No, I don't think my I don't think my vibe has been changing as far as my music taste. I this year, I feel like with being so connected with the magazine, I haven't been tapped into what is happening. Um, with other artists in that medium and stuff. Like I still haven't listened to, um, I still haven't listened to Kendrick's album. I gave Beyonce's album a spin once. I just like, haven't had the, the way that I like to sit and listen to music and really be attached to the layers. 
I haven't had the capacity or the real energy to do that recently because it, it takes you being still and present to do that. So I haven't done it a lot, but I will say somebody that I have been listening to religiously is Alex Vaughn. Alex Vaughn just dropped her her, uh, her first EP. She just she just uh, signed to LVRN. So mm-hmm. I've been listening to her her new drop. She dropped the Hurt book. Her song "Talking" is my shit. Honestly, big Alex Vaughn fan. Yeah, and her song "So Be It." Uh, it it's you know how somebody makes some some music and they talk about like a toxic person. I feel like she was talking to me a little bit, and I'm trying to work on it. Are you the you're the toxic person? A little okay. bit. I'm working on it though. I'm working on it though. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all have our toxic things that we got to unlearn. Yes, we do. So like, yes, we do. Yeah. I, this is the first like, step. Talking about sex. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not even sex. Just like relationship shit. Like yeah. the things that my parents didn't teach me how to do. Like know when to let something go. <laughs> like there's, it's, those, it's those moments that she talked about. It's just like, oh, bitch, you could do better. Like when they used to push you into football practice after like five or ten weeks and you're like, I don't really like this. You're like, no, mm-hmm. you're going to finish this game. You're going to yeah. finish this season. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yikes. Don't, don't remind me of those childhood days. I know. Those days were... Those yesterday was those days. <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> At the moment, nothing... I decided not to pay my cable bill because I really do think I'm a little addicted to TV and I don't have the discipline to not turn it on. Yeah, I don't have the discipline to not turn it on. So at the moment, I'm not like really looking at anything. I'm trying to spend more time reading. Okay. What are you reading currently? The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. It's about oh, masculinity. And we patriotic. really are the same fucking person. I was reading this book. 48 hours ago, Kayla. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you finished? What chapter? No, I'm, I'm on my second read. Um, I kind of read through it really fast with a group, like almost two years ago. And right now I'm like at chapter four. It's the type of book. It's it's she be ta- she says patriarchy like at least forty five times on each page. So it's a lot to take in. And so it, I yeah. personally. I personally be sitting books down and I'll come back. It's I'm a weird reader. I don't know if it's productive or not, but then again it is because nah. when I first when I first started this book, which was years ago, I put it down after so many pages or so many chapters, and then I pick it back up again after I have some friction and I feel like I'm looking for an answer. And it's just like after <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> and it's like after after I've lived life a little bit, what I read makes a little more sense because I hadn't gone through whatever it was I needed to go through to understand what it was she was saying. So now mm. like I plan on finishing. I think I got like two chapters left. But yeah, this, this season that I'm in in my life, it was very necessary for me to read these words. So yeah, that's what I'm like reading right now. I don't know what the next read is going to be. I like audiobooks. I, like I love audiobooks. I'm a big fan. I like to read. I, I like to listen to audiobooks while I'm reading the book because what it does, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you to try it at least once. One, I like to get audiobooks with the with 
a, a narrator that is either the author itself, one, because I like it when they tell their own stories, or somebody with a really good voice, like Gucci Man, the autobiography of Gucci Man. Um, his book is told by like this very, very famous like black um, narrator that sounds like sounds cinematic, sounds like a movie when he's telling his story, for example. Mm. Um, but really happy that you said the will to change. Like I tell folks, like you got to sometimes come back to some books. I'm happy that I read, but I didn't read bell hooks until I was in my thirties. Like, I wish I would have read like feminism is for everybody. I wish I would have read that at like 18. Um, that would have like helped me a lot. Like, especially when like in my interactions and community with women, and I definitely wish I read like all about love before maybe my first serious relationship, like moving in with somebody. I wish me and my, I, I told myself the next woman I get in a relationship with, I'll, we will both read all about love together, especially if it gets serious. Um, and the will to change. I have actually, I've been in a group with men that have read that book with a group of black men. We also read, we also read, we real cool, uh, black men and uh, masculinity uh, by bell hooks, which is also really good. Um, I let my friend borrow that book and I ain't got it back yet. You ain't got it back because it's a good, it's a damn good book. That's why. I feel, um, I feel like he ain't read it though. I feel like he ain't read it though. I feel like I need he to probably did. He probably used it to get some pussy. That's what niggas be doing. Girl walked up in the right on the book. Girl, he got bell hooks on the. He got bell hooks on the, <laughs> by the bed. Niggas be tricking. Niggas be right by us. the bed. You sick for that? Right by the bed. She getting back shots, looking at bell hooks. He like, ooh, he like, he, <laughs> oh he stand God, up for I black women. Him. <laughs> he using. He he using your book for the to set the trap. Niggas ain't shit. <laughs> That's the kill right there. Mm. That's the take down. <laughs> Whatever I can do to to, to help help niggas out of it. You help somebody. I mean, if you really think about it, Kayla, you help that girl bust a nut. So that's good. Who? That girl who was looking at who that book while she was getting while she was getting her back blown out when she saw that Bell Hooks book on his on his oh, uh, on his nice the, the girl that we don't know. Okay. <laughs> the girl that we don't know. Somebody, somewhere out there, you help somebody, yeah, Kayla. Like, you help what? somebody. What happened? Uh, but Kayla, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, I want the listeners to uh, be able to stay up to date with you um, and see where this point five comes into play um, and how they can get a copy of the magazine um, and just like be in, be in your orbit. So tell the listeners where they can follow you, be a part of you, all that type of stuff. I'm really bad at this part, and I, don't, I always know it's coming. If I don't know why I don't practice, but okay. So at the moment, we are our most active on Instagram, and when I say most active, that don't mean that we post every day because real niggas be out here working and really doing stuff in real life. So if you follow at a dirty magazine on Instagram, if you DM us, we will DM you back. Um, and when we post. We mean what we say. We are intentional <laughs> about posting when we do post. But you can also find us at adirtymagazine.com. That is where you can purchase the actual physical magazine. We'll be When point five drops, there will also be a digital issue so that everybody can have it on their phone. And we're keeping up with technology because we know we have to. Um, physically, we have a location at the, we have a couple locations at the moment in D.C., 
We are at Cool Kids Vinyl on H Street. It's on top of this restaurant called Maquetto's. And we are at Eckington Hall in Northeast DC. So you can actually go and get physical copies there at the moment. But you can also go to adirtymagazine.com. We promise not to spend your money all in one place. We are do you are making an investment into us figuring out how to have better, more healthier sex relationships, adult situations in general. So yes, that is where you can find us at the moment. We have a Twitter. I think it's a dirtymagazine.com or a at a dirty magazine. That's not my lane, but we out there. <laughs> yeah. We out there. Well, it's been such a such a pleasure to hear this story, but also um, just take hold of the narrative of Black sexuality. Um, and doing that here, let me get my headphones, is the things that we set out to do when we first started this podcast. So on that note, y'all know what time it is. Co-host Kayla, y'all say bye. 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 It was we'll nice see y'all later. All right, cousin. All right, twin. Hey. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Bye.